Hi y'all, welcome to the Search for Pink podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Botter, and uh, you know that part where Meryl Streep makes her appearance in Mamma Mia 1? And it's obviously a soundstage, and she sees um, her daughter Sophie and her Sophie's two best friends, and she goes, stop growing! And um, I just had that thought as I sat down to record this the night before it comes out at midnight. I'm just thinking to myself, stop doing things. Am I going to take my own advice, though? Am I? Probably not probably not. Anyways, it's because I love doing things like this, y'all. All right, today we are talking to Grace Edwards. Grace, um, by the way, look her up on Instagram, she too graceful, T-O-O, um, grammatically correct, too. Uh, Grace, I think the first word people would say is like, oh, Grace is a model, and trust me all, some people, you know, know how to take a good photo, and you're like, oh, you're good at taking photos which she is, but also being on a Zoom call with her, I was like, wow, yeah, mm -hmm, I, I get it. Just the light just shines on her face. And um, Grace is, but more than that, I want to say Grace is, the, the word I would use to describe this conversation is thoughtful. Grace is so thoughtful. What she shares on social media, I've learned a lot about being a curve model. I've learned a lot about... Um, different things that are going on in the queer community through what she shares and it's and you're allowed to share whatever you want but how grace does it is so thoughtfully and you can tell she's really you know put a lot of thought into it and so then naturally the conversation goes into us talking about religion actually growing both of us grew up very religious she wasn't allowed to watch uh dragon tales uh my family we weren't allowed to watch power rangers uh, would love for y'all to weigh in on which one you think is more sinful. I could, you know, Power Rangers, there's some kicking and there's some scary people, but I mean, I don't know, dragons got magic. So, but I guess neither of them are real. I don't know. So anyways, Grace, lovely guest. Um, Grace, thank you so much for joining me. I really had a lovely conversation. I was, I've just been listening back to it and I'm enjoying it the second, third, and fourth round of it as well. Um, I love you guys. Please rate and review and stick around because in the closing notes, I might I might have a little bit. You'll want to stick around, y'all. And with that, I am going to do a great job and I love you guys and enjoy Grace Edwards. Hi, Grace. Welcome Hi. to the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. I wanted to have you on for a long time. Um, little story. Uh, Grace and I have never met in person, and um, we almost lived together. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. No, that's like my, I think it's such a cute little memory. I don't know about you. I was trying to leave like a really unhealthy living situation. And actually, yeah. my therapist said, Rebecca, you have to move out after uh, such a long time of it. And I didn't think I could. And I saw your post looking for a roommate and actually me messaging you was like this huge moment of me moving forward. 
Um, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. That. Yeah. I like it, it was the beginning of ending um, something I needed to end uh, like way, way before. So thank you. Um, thank you you for that okay so um you were an atlanta-based model and now you're in new york uh let's just i like to kind of start at the beginning um i was creeping you on uh instagram and i think the earliest i saw you modeling was 20. do you want to take me back to kind of the beginning of your modeling journey i started in february of my second semester of college mm-hmm. and I um I actually had to get a hardship withdrawal that semester because of like health issues like I had a tonsillectomy and I had a bad recovery and ended up having like this bleed happen and I missed like the first week of school because of that so um I had to move out of my dorm which is College of Coastal Georgia and um Brunswick Georgia and I had to move close back to Atlanta, so I decided to apply to some modeling agencies mm-hmm. in Atlanta to just kind of like see if I could do something productive with my time off of college and like keep myself busy and see if I could like start something while I had some free time. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got signed on Valentine's Day. Aww. And yeah. And then, yeah, I got picked up by the New York agency Wilhelmina uh-huh. um, like that summer. And then I, and then like my agent in Atlanta placed me basically like to so many different agencies. And so I then started doing all my college online and just worked all through college doing that. And so I finally, like I graduated late because I like would take just like a few classes at a time to like keep it digestible for all that I was doing. And Mm -hmm. and so I graduated in December of 2020 and I promised myself I would try to live in New York whenever I was done with college. So that's fine here. (laughs) And you do it. You did it. I, okay. One of my um, little sister's best friends is um, at one point she, she brought up and I'm still wanting her to do this. She was, she said, I've always been interested in modeling and she, she said, she was like, yeah, and my mom, you know, all moms say this, that you should be a model. My little sister and I were like, nope. <laughs> my mom has, our mom has never told us that, that we're so beautiful. We should be a model. Is, is that something that you grew up with people telling you like you should model? Or is that something um, you just always wanted to do? I, my mom is a portrait artist, um, an oil mm-hmm. portrait artist. And so, like, starting at the age of, like, four, I would, like, like, have to sit totally still in front of a class of, like, adult painters, like, at her, like, night art classes, where they would just all do, like, portrait art together with the live model. And so I started doing that when I was young. And then, you know, she would also, like, set me up in these, like, ridiculous dresses and, like, take pictures of me for her to draw from for reference Mm -hmm. and so I was like always super comfortable with it and I was like psyched to just do it and um and I think because of my height like people were like okay like you have to pick one tall person activity like basketball or modeling or something (laughs) but I like never I never like I never was like oh like I want to be a model because 
like from a very young age I was very aware that like my bones could never be like the measurement of a model like I was just like I just don't think that there's like a natural way for me to be like model size Mm -hmm. and so like when I applied to become a model I had no idea like with my measurements and I was like at my smallest a 40 inch hip which is like five inches over straight size so um yeah okay so I remember you sharing this actually recently of the time what what was the thing that you got uh, your sophomore year again um Oh, um, my tonsillectomy. A tonsillectomy. And I remember you like posting a picture from that. And that was when you were at your smallest. So then you began modeling. And um, so were you signed as a straight model, even though you were five inches more? Or... No, no, like those pictures of me, even though that they like kind of look jarringly, like I look jarringly thin in them for me personally. Um, yeah, I like, even at my smallest, I was like always signed as like a curve model. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there are how many different categories of models? So there's, there's straight sizes, then there's curve. And is there another section in like, uh, like, a agencies, you know, books and whatnot? Yeah, I think that, I think that they like differ from agency to agency and now thankfully I feel like we're seeing more of like um like I'm into the idea of like main board being everybody and I think a lot of agencies are moving in that direction but I think it can vary like I think standard it's like main board which is usually like the straight size models and then the curve board and then usually a development board which are like newer models that are like getting their portfolio to the place that their agent wants them um and then yeah I guess depending on the agency and like the needs of their markets they can they have like gender fluid boards or you know whatever that's awesome so you did the big move to New York what was it like was it building your portfolio before that? Um, was it doing, did you book a lot or is it book? Is that what you say in modeling? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause like as an actor, sometimes I'm like, what translates and what sounds so dumb? Um, so did you book a lot in Atlanta or were you like booking from Atlanta to New York? Like what was with that transition? How was that transition? How did it go? Um, so like before like I feel like there's been like two parts of like my modeling career that I that has changed and it's like before pandemic and after pandemic like they just look so different um to me and so I actually because of like the lockdown and everything I hadn't been to New York until I like in the time from the pandemic to me moving here I hadn't been except for one time and I went, I came up for a job because mm-hmm. I've had an agency up here since 2019. And um, so when I came up for the job, I was kind of looking around at places and then I found the place where I'm in now. And then the next time I was up here, I was moving up. So wow. it, I, yeah, I, I didn't have any type of like regular, like traveling back and forth. It was like, kind of a total like risk move Mm -hmm. um 
and also just something that like I personally just wanted to explore and I was like even if it's not like modeling is what I really really do here I just want to do it <laughs> so is that your full-time are you booking enough to do that full-time or do you do other stuff on the side yeah yeah um no I don't do it full-time I had a part-time job here doing social media for mm -hmm like um, a restaurant chain and my girlfriend is a photographer and so we're starting to try to like do some like produce some shoots and potentially mm -hmm. do test shoots for other models and um, yeah yeah I think that's so cool and that's that's actually like makes so much sense and is such a good idea I have a friend who um, I met when I was over in London and she was a fit model for uh, Victoria Beckham. And, um, I did not realize at the time she was like 18. She was like a little baby. But, um, when I got to reconnect with her in the States, she just told me so many like horror stories of, um, these shoots with men that were, were not great. And so it makes sense that the two of you working together, I feel like would be so much of a safer space because you have the experience of being a model and then your girlfriend being, um, being a woman or does she identify as that? Is that? Um, yeah, they're, they're non-binary, but okay. though she, she, um, they pronouns, but yeah, that's kind of like, that's really like all we want. Um, and I, I've been doing a bit of model scouting, um, there's a curve model that I'm really good friends with in New York, and she has an agency called Model Nexus here. And she basically like scouts, like she'll, she comes to me to like try to find new faces. And so I'll kind of do some like internet digging or if like I've recently met someone that I think would be cool. Mm -hmm. I send it over to her. I get some digitals of the girl. Um, if she thinks it's a fit, we have like a little Zoom meeting mm -hmm. and then she pitches um, the model to different agencies in New York and LA and elsewhere. And, um, and so, yeah, I really, I really like that side of the industry a lot. And like, if I were to guess like long-term, I feel like I would kind of get more into that and mm -hmm. it's a reason that I really like testing with Jordan because like specifically like I've been wanting to do test shoots because I want to sign these people on but it's really expensive to get photographs in New mm -hmm. York it's like 500 to a thousand dollars and you know Jor Jordan my girlfriend like like she's really talented at photography, but she's not 100% comfortable like going into the super commercial shooting. And so while she's kind of like figuring out, you know, her techniques and all these other things, we can kind of play with models and then we end up getting really good shots. So it's like fun and there's a lot of room for creativity and it's like a low pressure environment, which I feel like produces the best stuff because it's not like, okay, like we have two hours and like, you better serve it. It's like, yeah. Hey, like, let's just play here for a minute. You want to try something like this? Like, do we want to try this lighting? And so it's like, it's beneficial for everybody involved. You know what I mean? 
Um, I absolutely am like working on this, but I really don't like having my picture taken because like, I'm just like, that's what I look like. And it's like, and it's, it's like, I think I have like body dysmorphia or face dysmorphia or something, you know, you know what I mean? Like I really could look at a dress and I have no idea if I'm about to fit into it. Like I I might think it's going to be swimming on me and then it like, I can't button it. Or I think it's gonna like, you know, I think it's gonna be like way, way too big or tight or something. And um, yeah, if you make me look at my reflection too long, I'm just gonna start crying. And I know that's not like like empowering or cool, but um, oh, oh, y'all like putting yourself oh, out there over and over and being like, have you ever seen Cheaper by the Dozen with Ash, uh, yeah. with uh, Steve Martin? You know, Ashton Kutcher's line, he's like, not the face, not the face. He's like, this is the moneymaker. I'm not that good of an actor. <laughs> me you know like but also like I totally feel you like I I don't know like I feel like sometimes it seems kind of like cheesy on like these supermodel like not supermodels but like influencers or like body positivity pages and it's like confidence isn't with me every day it's like a journey of like of like I kind of like view it as like aggressive love it's Mm. just like you know what like we are not like I'm I'm you know like I'm breaking out or like I I feel insecure about like the place the places on my body where like I naturally grow fat like my arms or like my neck or like I get like in my head about just like really insignificant things Mm -hmm. and then I'm just kind of like I just like force myself to like don't completely buy it like maybe buy it on a day when you feel really good and when like you're feeling like questionable like oh like I look really good today but like I'm gonna keep looking in the mirror in case like I I I need to find something that's wrong it's like no like let's just go ahead and listen to ourselves here instead of just like always assuming that like there is gonna be something that's wrong I I don't know I don't know if I described that well no no I absolutely love that and is there a picture um my friend Katerina came over to my place a couple months ago and we haven't done anything with the pictures but there was this one picture she showed me and it wasn't a particularly beautiful picture but it wasn't a particularly bad picture and it was like it wasn't like I but it was like I was looking at it and I was like that's what I look like. And it's not, you know, and it's, I know I can do some things and I can look more beautiful. And then I know sometimes you just take a picture and you're just like, this isn't what I look like. And so sometimes I have to send it to friends and I've been, my friends are like, no, that's a shit picture of you. (laughs) Like it really isn't what you look like. But sometimes, but, but sometimes, yeah, I remember there were like all these girls being like trying to gas me up, being like, no, girl, you look gorgeous. And I was like tearing up. I was like, this is, I really actually think this is a bad picture of me. And they were like, no, you're hot. And then I, I, I sent it to my friend Ellie and she's like, oh, you look shit. <laughs> like you look very shit in that picture. And that's what I needed to hear actually is like, that's not an accurate representation. Is there, um has there ever been like an image or uh, an image or two where you're like, that's what I, that's me. That's how I see myself. But like in kind of a, like an observant way, you know, Cause sometimes we have pictures that are like so hot and we're like, yes. And I do like yeah. to show those, but sometimes there've only been a few times where I'm like, actually, yeah, I think this is, this is just who I am in a very um non-judgmental way. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah. My most recent shoot I did with Bridget, um, I think you say her last name, like Arante. Okay. Um, she's a, a photographer. She's from New York. Um, her family lives in Jersey. And she has a studio in Bushwick that um, one of my friends just happened to connect us to. Um, she was looking for like a model. And I was like, I would really love to do that because she does a lot of really nice film work. And um, so I did my, like, it's kind of rare that I'll agree to do a shoot if I'm doing my own hair and makeup, <laughs> like, like a test shoot, because if I'm paying for it, and it was just kind of like low pressure, because she has like a full time job, and she was like generous enough to like, do a collaboration thing. And I was like, okay. And so I think because I did my own hair and makeup, and it was like all of my own wardrobe, and it was just like, we were talking about just like a very easygoing vibe like I think all of the pictures turned out just like very like true to me and like because I do love glamour stuff and I also like identify a lot with that like that Joelle shoot like was like so huge that was like one of the first images that I saw of Joelle's where I was like I want to talk to her and it was you I yeah. it, it's absolutely gorgeous I love that y'all still reshare those images because they're oh, seriously yeah. so great I, it's like it's it's amazing like just her work and it was also like at a time where I just cut off all of my hair and mm. I was like so unsure about it I was like oh my god like what did I do like what like literally what did I do and she's like she texted me and she's like grace like this hair is amazing like we have to set up something immediately and so we did and it was like I forget when exactly we shot I think it was like over the summertime of 2020 and we ended up shooting like eight looks and it was just like such a gorgeous day and we like got all this creative energy out and you know mm -hmm. um so like shoots like that are very important to me too but i think this most recent one is just like i don't know yeah like i just saw myself in it just like mm -hmm. like soft like confidence and like this is me you know what i mean mm -hmm. and just like not overly posy or anything yeah and I, I think like having like a hot glamour pick of yourself like totally oh. has its place like yes um <laughs> yeah. but i do think it, it it's interesting because until i saw that image of myself my friend took and it took like so many images until like we were scrolling through and then i was like oh that is ex mm -hmm. that's that's me in like the in just a very accepting way um, okay, just because I'm so fascinated about shoots, can you uh, can you tell maybe a story of beginning on like really positive, like a shoot, like maybe like the one you were just talking about where it was really easy going, but have you learned anything from being in the industry that was kind of like uh, disappointing or like some less positive experiences and what you learned from those? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had plenty and I... I think like when I went into modeling, I was like, oh, like I'm here because like, I'm pretty, like, you know what I mean? And that's kind of like how I arrived on set. Like I was just like giddy because I was like, oh yeah, like I'm like, they chose me. But it's like, it's about so many other things that's like has nothing to do with that. And what you were saying about like, it took a lot of pictures to get that nice one. I feel like that's literally exactly what modeling is, except like you keep practicing in front of the camera and hopes that you get like some like you know better and better outtakes just by learning your body mm -hmm. more but anyway um i think like 
the first time I was like really disappointed is like when I first started and I was told by my agent that I needed to get padding. And um, I like worked for a client in Texas and they were shooting like unrecognizable, which is like not your whole face so that they can mm-hmm. pay you less. And so they were doing. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cute. Love yeah. this. Yeah. Um, Cause you're so not a human being. You're just like an, an item. You're just yeah. a, you're just yeah. a, a, a clothes hanger you know (laughs) yeah and like you only get makeup like here down too it's Mm -hmm. so it's great yeah um but yeah um it was like waist down shooting and I was closer to a size 10 at the Mm -hmm. time because it was like towards the beginning of my career and um they were having me put on size like 18 jeans and they made me like fill like it's basically like you put on like spangs and then there's all these pads that go in to like pad anyone up to be like a size 18 mm-hmm. like and so they would just kind of like stuff it in the right ways and I was like let's like this is not like I understand and like I need like you know and I need the money so I'm here but I'm like this is the part of plus size modeling I didn't sign up for because I don't want like I don't think it's fair to have false marketing when there are plenty of models that size yeah and and i i think it's i love how like uh one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you is like you share a lot of just honest just kind of like behind the scenes stuff it's not just like ooh, let me like drag this particular person but i think i actually remember you being you posting something about being asked for um to bring padding but then also how that's like expected for models to come, but also how there still is like, people say they're more body inclusive. They say that, but then still people want like very much an hourglass. Like you still have to have a tiny waist, you know? And if you're a size 10 wearing a size 18, you still have a size 10 waist, you know? And so that actually, it's not useful, you know, exactly. it, it, it's because nobody's actually shaped like that, you know no. what I mean? Yeah. And I, yeah. And, um, yeah, like kind of learn and then learning about like how seeing the clothes that have been advertised to me my whole life before modeling, it kind of like, it was like, oh, well, like it clearly makes so much sense why I don't look like that and that Mm -hmm. piece of clothing and it's because it's like fully like pinned in the back to be perfectly fitting this person Mm -hmm. and also like yeah I mean even if it is someone's real body it's like um it's definitely like a beauty standard that the industry has and so of course like it's not gonna look the same on the model as it does you but it doesn't look the same on the model when they first put it on either you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah Um, so stuff like that, I, was, I, I just remember being so frustrated with myself at a young age of like seeing it on somebody else and it not looking the same on me. Um, well, I, I, from one thing I've learned from like my friend I was telling you with Victoria Beckham, a fit model, is she, everything, this whole, it was so interesting because she also said she was like, because um, she's straight modeling or editorial or whatever. And um, everything, she would just stand there for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I was like, how many times did you change your clothes today? And she was like, oh, over a hundred. And I was just like, good God. But um, 
she everything was fit to her but then she said like a whole collection had been fit to my friend um Solly but she said what's wild is she said when it comes out and goes into the store none of it will actually fit me it's like cuz the fit model it was all like the the look and the photos were going to reflect um we're going to reflect what she looks like in it but actually none of those are going to actually ever be on the hangers they're going to bring in like a typical size small and then fit it to her and then so so what's in those images aren't even what's on the hangers it was it was fit to my friend with model dimensions and and yeah. she said she's like that's why we can't find any clothes is it's fit to us to then change and translate into something else and i was just like this is such a lie. These yeah, clothes yeah. on the models don't actually exist, you know? Yeah I've, yeah, I've been to plenty of shoots where there's a fitting the day before and like a seamstress literally like sees how much they need to take out and they take it. So it looks mm -hmm. like it is fit for like a specific person, but they're leaving out the fact that it's been completely tailored by a professional seamstress Yeah, to fit even the model that well, you well, know? That's, um, uh, and I don't know if you have opinions about this, but like the Kim Kardashian wearing the Marilyn Monroe dress, yeah, sure. which I, I wasn't a fan of, um, just as like, I'm a huge Marilyn fan. Um, and I, and also it didn't, but the theme and I'm just like, it just felt like a flex. Um, and then let alone what she said on the carpet about just not eating for two weeks. Oh, like I, I, I like couldn't believe she said that, but then also, I, I don't know if I saved it, but there was only a few, I only saw one post of this, but they're like, dude, it didn't even fit her. And there was a picture of the back of her and there's like this much, it like goes up past her butt and then there's a V over the butt and of it not zipping, just like a gaping hole. And then it's just like, it was just kind of like held together by something that was added, kind of like even sloppy. And so for one, I was like, why in the world are you bragging about being able to fit into this dress? Because you actually never did. But also like there are so many things behind the camera that you don't even see. Um, yeah, I've, I've taken pictures where the dress is open in the back. Um, yeah. It's uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's just, but like the comparison, I mean, that's why people say you have to get stuff tailored all the time is because actually to look like it does in the images those are tailored pieces and yeah. so um and as a short girl and five two um i it, it's it sucks because like i love vintage but if i actually like size up to my size in vintage then it's going to be like so long on me and so yeah. like i'm not a size like i'm not a sample size but i, I like i'm not tall enough for the bigger things to like yeah look good on me proportionally it's like it's very very rare um wow this is <laughs> with all of like the layers of mono i just i find it so fascinating okay so you you did a runway show recently you've yeah. worked with some really cool brands you worked with that swimwear brand and you just like looked so good in it what are some of your favorite like brands and stuff that you've worked with yeah the swimsuit brand you're talking about is nomads yes and that yes. So I, that is one of like my best friends that I met through the um, modeling industry. She's oh, a curve that. model herself and she was sick and tired of 
not having cute options and plus sizes or mm-hmm. even just like yeah just like any type of plus size like if you have any type of chest or any type of type of butt or belly like it's not going to support you where you need support to feel comfortable on the beach and um yeah she went to like she's a designer who graduated and she was like yeah I just want to start this brand and so I've done a lot of like modeling stuff for her mm-hmm. which is like so easy and so fun like you know just anytime that we get together I'm so proud of her and that brand is really iconic because it it's it's designed to fit everybody and nobody's like excluded from it yeah yeah I um was actually having a um a talk with um a filmmaker and she identifies as like a fat actor and she was just saying how like saying that people have like normal like often when I get an audition or when she gets an audition they say not model type which Mm -hmm. is just their way of saying like you know, or they're like regular people. And then it's kind of like, well, what is the definition of a regular person? But like with Nomad Swimwear, as you were saying, like stuff that fits all body types. And also it sounds like if this person is a plus model, then it's made thoughtfully of like, like so much of it is like designed by men and like blah, blah, blah. But I actually, I interviewed um, the creator of a underwear brand um, under bears and she is I don't know what size she is but she's not plus size but um she would send out the bras and like everything to people who had wrote in asking for larger sizes and she would test it and she would test it and she would send out free samples she would test it over and over again because something I learned is it's not just about like making the picture bigger you know, it's not just like, exactly. oh, make the straps longer. You know, um, she she just learned it was like about testing over and over because when you gain weight, everybody gains weight in different places and carries it differently. And um, like there are some things it doesn't like my weight because I'm short, my weight like noticeably fluctuates quite a bit. And so um, I have some pieces that fit me no matter where I am but then there are some pieces that like look drastically different on me and so um it all kind of uh depends on where I'm in my my cycle or whatnot but yeah someone who actually has that body type they're the people that can give the best input I actually remember um you know Gabby she I think she styled that shoot with you and uh, Joelle I I interviewed her as well um at the very very beginning yeah, that. and she said, and this is so genius, and also she's just such an empathetic, 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 lovely human, is her weight has, she's like, I've been every size. So she said, I know what looked good on me at different sizes. And so she's like, I can just look at someone and pick out the perfect pair of jeans, you know? And she's like, but oh, the yeah, reason I was able like to- superpower. That, oh gosh, yeah. I think also she's like a little bit of a like savant or something. But um, but she said since she's been every size, which is so genius, she's like, I know what looks, what fit me well at different um, different body types and styles. So um, with Nomad, what are some brands that you think like, you know how like put, the, put their money where their mouth is? You know, yeah. like, you know how like Aerie, now I don't know, maybe Aerie's a yes, maybe Aerie's a no, but Aerie has definitely like made the most of like 
we have sizes for everybody and like we don't retouch our models and whatnot. Do you have any brands that you really um, respect how they've approached that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I have to endorse like any brand, I would definitely go for like, like ones that I know that are like smaller that are like trying to like, um, you know what my favorite thing recently is, is like, and I feel like I couldn't escape in Atlanta. And this is like a little bit shady. But like, curated vintage clothing stores that completely exclude anything over a 10 like mm -hmm. and that like there's this place in um new york and it's called shop berries and it's like owned by like a plus size um owner and it like specializes in vintage for like plus size but then there's also things of different size so like everyone could find something there mm. and um i really like the concept of that because i think like it's a lot of like plus size people um they're they're kind of given like a hard time for shopping fast fashion but like mm -hmm. well, it's kind of hard to find clothes that are like well-fitting and affordable you know um at, at whatever their size may be and even though like I'm a 14 sometimes it's hard like going into like just like a classic vintage shop and finding like more than like two or three pieces that fit well so mm -hmm. um I love that um I'm trying to think of other brands um That's I recently watched White Hot on that yes Yes, what a what a great name, by the way, for a yeah. documentary. So smart. Yeah. What what were your thoughts on that? Um, I I thought it was so funny that like at the end of the day, um the American you know, the American like standard of beauty at the time was this, but it was like all through the lens of like a gay man. Like I thought that was like so funny. I <laughs> I, I thought it was funny as well in that, just that, like, how did I not realize it was so gay? Like, yeah. looking back at the images, because, like, I'm just, like, being, like, a little eighth grader, just, like, oh, look, washboard app. Like, it's so, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's not even, it's not the female gaze even, you no, know, it's how it's male, yeah. it was yeah. a male gaze and it was gay. It's yeah, and hard I to think say those like, two words together. I think it's like just so great. Any opportunity we can get, like, obviously with being progressive, and obviously like not literally being like, ah, that's gay, but like in a way of like, okay, can we all laugh at ourselves though? Because like, how much like we like generationally like produce so much trauma in that short amount of time, and it's just funny to like relook at the lens because it's like yeah like what we're glorifying is it even like is it even representative of anybody that you know like mm -hmm. or like anybody that you'll ever be even if you know you're not very different in size um well, it was just like yeah yeah and also I mean I have to say just like from a marketing standpoint it was I don't want to say like impressive like yay clapping but like I mean, it was kind of genius because also they talked about how that one guy, he was like, I go, I would go to the college campuses. I would find out what was the cool fraternity. And I took the hottest guys and then they stood outside of the store. And I'm just like, 
that is so smart. But if you think about it, they were the first influencers. They like, it was like a grassroot influencer um, approach. Do you have any opinions on influencers influencing? Um, I've like done like some quote unquote influencing, but it's really mm-hmm. just because like, oh, this is like a cool opportunity. Like this sounds like a cool brand. Like I'm kind of tight on money. It would be nice to get like shampoo and conditioner right now. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but like, yeah, like I'm grateful for everything that I've gotten. And I, and I literally, I do not look down on influencers. Like I know it's a lot of hard work. But I think, I think most people's issues with influencers are just like, just picking up on being a little out of touch. And I Mm -hmm. think it's kind of hard to be an influencer in 2022 when so much is going on, like, like promoting like corporations and products and like stuff that people clearly don't need. But then Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool in other ways like if an influencer is willing to be vulnerable in like a genuine way and like really like I just saw um there's a model that she's also a bit of an influencer and her name's Kendra and she Flamingo hired her as an influencer to post like their new tweezers that they were coming out with um like have you heard of Flamingo? They have like the wax strips. Um, I, I, maybe I would like recognize the logo, but no. Yeah. But anyway, they have like wax strips, but then they just came out with tweezers. And so they sent her a pair and they were like, make something that like people can relate to, like whether they want to alter like the hair that grows in their body or not. And um, she made a post and talked about how she gets like chin hairs. And then mm-hmm. she uses like the tweezers to put the to pluck the chin hairs and that's when I think like influencing is like cool because it instead of being like oh like I'm so hot these products make me so hot if you want to be hot like me buy the product mm-hmm. it's more like yeah we've all been there like yeah this is my option to like this is what I use to do yeah. this very relatable thing that nobody really wants to talk about but it's very natural and happens to a lot yeah. of It's so funny because like no matter how much I see behind the curtain of influencing, because I I do have a couple friends that do it full time, um, is like I still I still buy it whenever I see someone else like looking perfect and stuff. I've had to without even like realizing it, I think like my body dysmorphia has been like really affected by it. Um, Like, you know, and I think it really is about focus but it's you know what I mean it's like I see the influencers and I'll be thinking to myself like you know this isn't real this is curated and stuff but then they do one of these like quote-unquote photo drops that like a dumps that they probably spent like four days perfecting and like artfully messiness and I still kind of like fall under the uh thing of like you know like how they make their life and everything look so easy and so simple. But then it's it's kind of this like thing as well where like I mean on my social media I like I'm always trying to find that balance of like messy of like what do I share with people and then like I don't want people to be like oh Rebecca's unhinged. You know, it, I it, I feel I feel like I 100% yeah. understand that. I I totally understand that. Like 
I recently saw a TikTok the other day, and it was like showing um, Emma Chamberlain. Hmm. It was showing her Instagram and like her like photo dumps and stuff. And they're like, what we're seeing here, like they're trying to sell it as like just casual everyday stuff. But it's, like, so not real, and it's so curated, and it's, like, so perfected in such a light way, but, like, a very thoughtful way that we're not, we're not getting any of, like, the realness that we were, like, once drawn to Instagram over. And not just her. It's, like, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about influencers with, like, photo dumps or whatever. And I think that that kind of part of it like not only posting the super like perfected stuff but then also making like a casual caption like you just didn't even think twice before posting it Mm -hmm. like I did like (laughs) I did like I did my best shot at um Liz's about damn time TikTok yeah and like even though like in the video I was taking myself so seriously I was literally like game on face like yeah. in the caption I'm gonna be like I am sweating like this is like <laughs> my 57th take yeah know? and I I don't know I just wish that you know influencers would t- tap in more of like into like the realness that's not like me I'm eating pizza or like yeah <laughs> yeah but it, it's kind of that question of like I kind of wonder like do they owe us that like do do like for myself just like as someone who I do try to keep it like on it not even like I give out I'm authentic but you know how like I'll share stuff that I think is funny or just like being honest or like sharing my life and it's interesting because I've like I've written it all down and I'm like man if someone paid for these stories it would be art but if I just tell you this story then all of a sudden that's being like inappropriate but then if I sell it to you then it's high art and Millie Bobby Brown should pay me in a play me in a movie you know and so it's like it's finding that balance of like how much honesty when is being honest too honest because if you want me to go unhinged yeah if I like don't see my therapist Linda for like four months just like warm up and buckle up baby but I have had people I had someone once when I was in absolutely the worst mental health part of my existence and someone reached out to me and they're like hey you know I'm having a hard time how do you stay so positive? Like, do you have some advice for me? And I sent back like a very nice message. It was like, Hey, like I'm on it. I'm, I'm like seeking help right now, but like, and that, and I'm going to be okay, but actually like, I'm not in a great place, you know? And I still was able to like, this is what has helped me in the past, but like, I've had people reach out for advice when I, and so I'm like, okay, wow. Like, I don't think they, no one online needed to know how bad it was. Was it my job to tell them? But I wasn't, like, I wasn't, I wasn't showing how happy I was. I just wasn't telling everyone how depressed I was, but I still had people reaching out for advice, you know? And so they thought it was kind of like, oh, Rebecca's fixed it. So what do I do? You know, you know what I mean? Have you ever gotten messages like that? Like, oh, Grace, how do you stay so confident? And you're like, well, I was crying earlier, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you necessarily like, oh, like any truth about yourself, like to the internet necessarily. Mm-hmm. 
but there is there's parts of honesty i guess like in having i i view it as like once you have a certain amount of followers like not that there's like a point where like whatever but like you know when a large amount of people are following you you have i personally believe that at some point you have some social responsibility mm-hmm. and so like if you're like if you're trying to sell like this perfect life that's like like it's just it's just like so unrealistic you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and so you don't necessarily like have to like get on and like tell like your audience like what's consuming you or like what exactly happened in your day but like bring up that you're having a bad day maybe or like mm-hmm. maybe make like a joke about like how many hours you actually spent into like making a reel or like you know what I mean like things mm-hmm. like that and like yeah and that I don't know I just like just like a little bit of like humanness to the internet would be nice because I mean like it's it's really easy and like I and I understand like not wanting to be like super vulnerable because like I'm the type of person that overthinks everything that I say mm-hmm. and do on the internet and like I, I'm a Libra moon and so like I'm constantly like weighing like if if I do post this like people could perceive me this way and if I don't then people might assume whatever and mm-hmm. it's just about any content that I post um so and like so, a lot of the times it's a lot easier to just post a pretty picture and like just like log off <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know what I mean um so but I feel like and I feel like you have it like it's just like a balance and it's like mm-hmm. you also have to listen to yourself I don't think that you should like engage in any social media if it's like self-sacrificing in the moment like yeah. post whatever you're feeling but don't be afraid of like relatability and like an easy and effortless way like in a human way you know what I mean yeah like, and I think my superpower is I don't like I couldn't be effortless if I like tried Like, it's kind of like, you know, that saying like long hair, don't care. And sometimes I'm like long hair and like, I care so much. (laughs) Like, I want you to like me like so much. And Um, I, but also I think it's usually I'm not worried about like every single person online being like, usually at the time I have like two people. Like if I'm about to delete something, if I'm like, no, 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 I shouldn't have said that. I go in, I like see, I'm like, okay, I have these four different people looked at it and then I'm like no they haven't okay no I'm deleting it you know like I don't want you you know what I mean I think we all at different times have like just a few people online that we care or like and I hate this like once one of those people like a post I'm like yes fist bump you know it's it's like I think I, we're not always actually performing for the masses. I think sometimes we use social media as a way to perform for like a very of sm- smaller set of people that like we're really seeking out that approval. Have yeah. Have you ever experienced that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially with like you know it, like having agents and that kind of thing. Like yeah, it's like it's like yeah, like. So, like, I did a test show recently, like, look over mm-hmm. here on my page, like, isn't that nice? And then I will also, like, you know, sometimes, like, I'll, I'll post some kind of, like, just opinion that I have about, like, a larger issue or something. And mm-hmm. that is when I really, like, 
get in my head about like if it has anything to do with like politics like I know exactly how I feel about it Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I have the time to go through like how every single person might perceive it and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like such um even though like I think that I what I'm saying is mostly agreeable I'm like so scared of like excluding anybody you know Mm -hmm. but I you know I just know how it feels and so it just like I just get in my head I mean I like I made a post today about you know unfortunately like the shooting happened yesterday and like gun control is like all over the feed and I'm actually I was trying to like talk to my Instagram in like a realistic way of like hey like I understand like we are all so valid to be upset right now like you know like just of all of these people who've died you know um and I was like but like be considerate of who who is like consuming your post you know what I mean like because I I think that there's a lot of good sure and sharing infographics and like resources and stuff mm-hmm. but I think that like we can get to a point where we're just like fear mongering and like spreading more like dread and like despair more than we're like trying to like see optimism at all and like yeah. you know and um it doesn't make like any of our feelings less valid but I totally understand where you're coming from and I kind of I come from a very conservative um you know hometown myself and I I'm proud to admit that I have like 50 people blocked from seeing my stories Mm -hmm. um, just because I don't want to deal with any of that. Um, Yeah. And I still have a very, you know, loving like relationship. Uh, Thankfully, like people in my direct family have come around and have been able to hear me out more um, very recently, actually. And I think a lot of it's because like you know I've come out as like queer and all these other things and so like they're kind of you know they were like obviously we have to get with it we have to like start understanding where you are to love you well and then like with that they see all the flaws and like maybe their own personal opinions that now affect me you know wow that's that's like a that's a lot. I mean, I don't know about you, but I took one picture, dude, once where um I it was all from like the chest up. So it, I was working with a female photographer, so I just like you know took my bra down and we she had seen them before, and I just had them up. But then there was a behind the scenes Polaroid that I thought was really really beautiful, where you could see the bra was like flipped down under my rib cage. I'm holding my boobs. You see nothing. And then it's like, it's just this behind the scene. I can send it to you. I felt so beautiful in that polar. It just like, and it's like, you could just kind of see what my body actually looked like, but I thought I looked like I was in a painting. I felt very beautiful. And someone referred to it once. They were like, oh, your topless photo shoot. And I was like, my topless, topless too. Oh, like I was in Playboy. And I was like, wow. That like, that like it, and for me posting that was just like, which is like wild because like people wear strapless bikini tops. And also fun fact, I haven't worn a swimsuit in like seven years. So like body dysmorphia out the way. No, I like, I, I don't think that's cool. I'm not proud of it. But, um, but like, I, like when I say like body I dysmorphia, yeah, yeah, a lot of fear 
And then having someone just be like, oh yeah, when you top, took those topless photos. I'm yeah, like, like you're just out here with your, like just yeah. topless all the time. <laughs> like, ah, oh, that oh, oh, that <laughs> woman with her top oh, off all the girl. time. My, my grandpa, like anytime that I would like unnecessarily apologize for something when I was young, he'd be like, damn Grace. <laughs> like she's ruining our lives over here. But yeah, no, like, um, yeah, I am, I'm very grateful for my family because, like, I think it was something, like, my dad, I was on the phone with him, and, you know, he, he's always, like, kind of kept, like, an arm's distance from my modeling career and, like, mm-hmm. not said too much about it, except that he's, like, proud of me and stuff, and then it was, like, something, oh, I got, I got posted on Photo Vogue, and, like, yes. I was really excited about it, and so I, you know, shared it with him and he, and it was like a picture and I was in lingerie and actually the, the bottoms were a bit see-through. So like, you know, like, but I, I, I'm not ashamed of the photo because it's like a great photo and it's like, that's kind of what I do. But it still does make me feel weird. I'm like, is it weird that I just like, kind of like people can see like my pubes on Facebook? Like, you know what I mean? And, um, sorry. You can cut that if you need to. No, I mean, if you want me to, I can. But I, no, but I also, like, the picture is gorgeous. And but, yeah. um, but, like, he he just, he is just, like, you know, in the same way that, like, people play instruments or make gorgeous paintings, what you do is art. Mm. And, like, you get to define what art is. And, like, what you're doing is, like, literally no less than, like, what a, any other artist does. Mm-hmm. And, like, I thought that that was really sweet because, like, instead of being, like, this is about you and your body and you're being vain and you're posing for photos, it's, like, mm-hmm. this is, like, your way of, like, expressing yourself here. And, like, good for you. Like, you made you made art. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, you're in vogue. No, and, I mean, like, a boundary I had to set with my family is I did this, like, weird experimental theater piece. And it wasn't even, like, that we like I mean no no we're kind of like known as like the the like kids smoking behind like the lunch room like in um you know at high school but um but I just I had to put up a boundary I really wanted my mom to come and then a moment happened in act I was like well you can't stay for act two and I was like okay cool and then I was like in rehearsals towards the end and they put in something in act one and I was like cool 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 okay mom can't come at all okay cool you know and I had told her like oh I, okay I really want you to like drive up from Tennessee to like, I've been working on this for eight months and then I had to put up a boundary. Um, and she wasn't really insisting to come, but I was like, Hey mom, I just need you to let me know that you're proud of me. And like, you don't, I don't really think you should come. I promise nothing awful is happening and everyone is safe and this is gorgeous and we're getting amazing reviews. Um, and I'm working with wonderful, kind people. And I was like, can you just tell me you're proud of me? And mom was like, I am really proud of you. And that's just where we had to leave it. Um, and so like, and I don't think my mom and I could have had that conversation a few years ago. I think she would have been like, like what? I don't want to talk about what, but, um, that for my mom is actually just a lot of growth of just understanding that I know what I'm I know, like, I know what I'm doing. And part of that is just understanding that would probably like upset her. Um, and 
I don't know. I'm making it sound much more dangerous than it is. But this is someone like my dad walked in on us watching Dancing with the Stars once and he just got so angry because it was so sexual. <laughs> so um, this that's what we're working with, y'all, is like no, the costumes I, I, are too so sexy on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, so. the, way, the way that I grew up is a lot different from my parents now. Like I, when mm. I when I grew up, we were like very, very Christian strict. Like SpongeBob was bad and Dragon Tales was bad. And Harry Dragon Potter. Tales? Yeah. Because what, did, like, wait, what did the dragons do wrong? Because like Satan disguises himself as like a lizard or like a reptile or something. I don't, I don't know. No. Okay. What's funny is dragons actually still kind of freak me out. Because, like, dragons remind me of hell. And, um, y'all, yeah. yes. fun fact, I'm still, like, really scared of hell. Um, my southern accent's coming out. But I was told about hell so much. You're eternally damned. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I do see – I saw um, uh, the Shang-Chi movie, Marvel movie, and there were a lot of dragons. And uh, I got, like, some real bad flashbacks. So actually, no, I, I was allowed to watch Dragon Tales, but I am still scared of dragons. Um, please continue. No, you're good. But like, yeah, that's that's how I grew up. Like if my mm -hmm. sister, if my sister, I have a sister and she's five years older than me. And if she like talked back at all, my parents found out she had a Facebook. Uh, not, no, not a Facebook, a MySpace. They literally like took off her door. Like she was not allowed privacy. Like, oh. it was, like, very, very strict, and it was, like, in the country, and, like, we didn't have cable, and so, like, it was like that in my childhood, right about to go into high school, my parents got divorced, and then they kind of had to, like, reinvent their lives, you know, um, and so they've come a long way, because I think they're finally, they were finally given freedom to, like, think on an individual level, mm. and also, like, my sister is like the best ever and she's really good at talking to them and so um and like bringing things up in just like a matter of a fact way mm -hmm. and so they've come they've come so far and I think it's just like everyone's just like on different timelines did they get from. married young um my mom was young yes okay yeah um just because I mean I I have friends it was like graduating I remember literally there was someone like seven-ish years ago, older than me that went to my local Christian college and then I remember in like eighth grade seeing that she graduated without a fiance and I remember being like oh bless her heart like I almost was like what was the point of college you know like she wasted that opportunity which is like like that is an example I use of just that was like what I was surrounded by and so actually yeah. getting married at 21 yeah. was like normal like yeah. I, I like can't express that like I'm such a hag in my hometown um just in that like it doesn't which also like getting married, like do whatever you want, but it was regarded as like very abnormal to not be getting married. And then now so many people I know are divorced. Like I'm about to get invited to a lot of second weddings now. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like literally I taught, I taught, um, I worked at a Chick-fil-A summer camp in college. Oh. Like I know, like that is where we're, this is, yeah. that's where we're coming from. And one of the girls that was a child 
that was at that zipper camp is now married. I'm just like, <sighs> it's a lot. And like, yeah, I don't know that person's personal relationships, whatever. Um, but it's, it's just a, it's a different world out there. And I think I've tried to be more open about my childhood and like purity culture and stuff. And I'm trying to bring it up more because I was having a talk with one of my uh, coworkers and um, her partner grew up really, really religiously. And it was actually really freeing for my coworker to say, actually like, and that's a trauma of like the purity culture and like the homophobia and stuff that was presented. That's a trauma that my partner keeps thinking that they've worked through and then realizing that they haven't mm -hmm. um, over and over again. And it's going to be a life process. And so like, that was something I posted once when I was talking about purity culture is I was like, please don't just say to your friends that are affected by this or when they tell you a sad story or something that still deeply affects them, don't just tell them, yeah, I hate the church. Yeah, ugh, that's why the church sucks. And then you just end the conversation there because actually like these stories um, still are impacting me and other people. And I think like they should be listened to. You know what I'm saying? Just like, yeah. just listen to us. And I have friends who are no longer a part of the church. And then uh, specifically a friend then has a partner who never has been religious. And they just like, they, they just, they need, they're always trying to continue that conversation because I think so many people just want to like, they think the happy answer is just like saying that they hate the church. And then that's just yeah, the end of it. I don't think it. that that's a happy answer. I think like, um, you might think that this is cool. Like there's like yeah. this like artist that I listened to, um, that my family listened to. And I was like, when we were little, um, and her name is Jennifer Knapp mm -hmm. and, um, she's a Christian artist. And I like, we went to like third day concerts when I was little, like very, mm -hmm. very Christian. And, um, anyway, she's like out as like a lesbian now. And a lot of the people within the, um, community, like she was very popular like in the early 2000s and a lot of these people have tried to like threaten hell on her and like be like how can you be like making this music and be like celebrating god but literally be like committing like abomination and stuff mm -hmm. and like she has done all these interviews and like has a book talking about it mm -hmm. and i think it's like the most empowering thing when like you bring up the parts of Christianity and the things that like maybe like the church has given you guilt about mm -hmm. and find like parts of the Bible or parts of like the whole like point of the Bible or like religion at all and be like no like he also said all of these things because he loves me like he, like mm -hmm. he created me like you know what I mean or like um yeah like even just like judging anybody is like a sin and so like when you give it like less of a lens of like this exclusionary like you have to be perfect or else you cannot be accepted thing mm -hmm. just like you know remind yourself like you and i also like i i do i do think that the church is responsible for misconstruing a lot of things and making people feel imperfect and like not worthy of like practicing religion the same as anybody else but yeah just like finding oh oh this is a huge thing mm -hmm. i i like i like learned within the last year that the bible never brought up that like 
being gay is an abomination. It was just translated incorrectly in America in, I think, 1947. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time in like recorded history that it ever said anything about gay being an abomination. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we're following translations that aren't even true to like the word that's being studied. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, and in that case, whoever translated that incorrectly and has like let this perpetual hate happen without fact checking, mm -hmm. they're more guilty of anything than any gay person is. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like, like, and yeah, it, like just stand And it's like, up. well, homophobia has obviously been around much longer than the 1947, but it's like, how culture has such, uh, or what the church was saying, has such a huge impact on what they want to translate it as, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I read somewhere that, like, where it talked about, um, like, you, you know, don't be gay, was it was about sleeping with the temple uh, young boy concubines, or I don't know the correct way to translate the Bible, yeah, <laughs> but like they were, they were like, Hey, don't sleep with the, the boys in the, in the temples. Like, d don't do that. And I'm like, you know what? I think that's a good rule. <laughs> let's not, yeah. let's yeah. not sleep with those people, you know, but, um, like the, you know, children, but, uh, but yeah, I think it like, it makes so much sense that like, how you're going to translate anything has such a huge impact. It's just like, it's the, and it's so true with like the lens of like how I was raised. I was raised in a town where it was like, um, I went to a Christian high school and then I went to church with those same kids. And then it, it, it and it's just like my, my friends and my parents' friends, we were all in the same circles. And so of course, no new information could come in because also we didn't have social media in the same way. We didn't have like a famous people speaking out in the same way that we did. And so it's just like, I think, um, it like, it makes so much sense. Like we're, we're so influenced by our cultures. And if we're not getting in any other kind of information, then how in the world was I supposed to learn I was wrong until crazily enough, I wanted to be an actor and you just have to leave, you know, um, to get new information and getting all that new information was re really hard and really stressful. And so, um, I've actually, I was telling a friend recently is like, I was at a point where like, I totally knew what I believed and then I started questioning it. And then I like threw it all into the dumpster and, and then now I'm still trying to like evaluate, like, what is it that actually is true for the first time? Like I'm, I am such a newbie at religion where I used to be an absolute expert because like what I'm trying to figure out is absolutely now uh, divorced from what I used to believe. And it is, it's hard, but I, I also think there's something very beautiful about um, people relearning, you know, in trying to figure things out, no matter what my destination is, I think there is something because, um, I mean, I have friends who don't believe in anything and that's, it's totally okay, but I, I don't want to just throw out everything or I, I did for a while. And, um, and I, I think I'm at a point where I'm trying to return and figure out what I believe, which is hard, you know? Well, Something that's good while you're in this endeavor is that, like, in my psychology class, 
Mm -hmm. like religion is actually really good for like your mental health because it gives you hope in like some kind of like undetermined future and it like and I think like the way that I I view it like simply put without getting into it too much is like I'm adopting like the um the messages of like unconditional love and like do upon others as you would want done upon yourself like just just be like the principle is like just be a real just be the best person that you can be to people Mm -hmm. and like just like put whatever good out that you can you know and and then as long as you're doing that and as long as you're not like hurting anybody and like you're being truthful and you're trying to figure out who you are like you're good you know what I mean yeah and I think all of those answers to someone a different mindset it it sounds very like like uh kind of soft you know a bit like oh just love everybody oh just do but it's like do you know how hard that is you know it, it, it you know what I mean I think some people you, you know and what we were taught in church of like well just don't pick out your favorite parts if you're going to be religious you've got to accept all of it you know and so I used to be confused because it's like love everyone and like kindness and um like hope was also tied to all of these ugly things and so but I wasn't allowed to just choose certain things um actually weirdly Russell Brand I don't really have much opinion about him but he's he's gone through a lot but he was just saying kind of like uh, for some people because he's an addict and how like the 12 steps 13 steps I don't know um but like you have to believe in a higher power and it maybe that is not God. Maybe it is in human kindness. I don't know. But he's like actually like making such a huge change in your life. Like, you know, working through your addiction. You actually do. You have to believe in something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, and how that is so important. Yeah. <laughs> I love that this is <laughs> where we've gone. Like about five minutes ago, I was like, all things, right. Nice to people, and you should be good. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's like the world is so scary. If we're gonna believe in something bigger than us, like, like let's have like a good God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's have like. And also, also, just like once again, being kind to everybody. Like, there are so many people that have not shown kindness to you. You know, yeah. and yeah. so it's like, but you're really saying like, I am committing to empathy and kindness and taking care of yourself, but like loving everyone and so for anyone that is going to dismiss that as being easy um you try it for a week what you know we've committed to and then like let's see if you can blow that off as like really easy and that's another thing is like a lot of that I've like really processed is like a lot of the most wonderful kind acts of love I have received are from people who are not religious but subscribe to just being a good person you know and so I I just think I don't know I think it's like embracing um that like we don't have all the answers and like for me it's just kind of like not hating myself for that anymore and I do think I've I think we're I think we're getting somewhere but it is um not always easy okay so one of the questions because the search for pink is very um it's very like 
um, which I kind of love how that, how we're like kind of wrapping up the conversation this way, but, um, the search for pink is finding, um, finding some kind of hope, some kind of positivity and not in a like cheesy way of like, well, now I'm happy, but has there been anything when you are in those really dark times that you have done to help get yourself through it? Maybe it's not like that magic pill, but like, are there any like things that you practice when things are hard? Um, yeah. So like quarantine, I think has like introduced me to a world of coping mechanisms that are mm-hmm. healthy. Um, cause I kind of, yeah, like it's easy to just kind of like numb it all, but like, um, with like, you know, smoking or drinking or whatever. But I was really proud of myself because I was um, on set and my anxiety is like through the roof. And so like, if I'm anxious at all, like I'll be really sweaty and I'll start getting like an anxiety rash on my chest. Mm -hmm. And um, I have been doing really good at doing like some breathing exercises um, Mm -hmm. that my girlfriend actually taught me about. And it's just like, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four. Um, And that's really, really powerful. And also just like forcing myself to like move my body or like, just like get the energy out of my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, having my dog in New York has been (laughs) an amazing highlight for me. And yeah, just kind of like forcing myself to do things that I don't want to do, whether that's like eating or whether that's like stop doom scrolling or. No, I, it's, it's wild how I love how so many people got pets during um, quarantine. And I really can't tell you how nice it is that like all this awful stuff with like Texas and like all this sadness and all this doom scrolling. And then I look over at Rosie and my, my little calico kitten. She's She's like, I, oh my God, I love her so much, but she'll like reach out her paw and she's like, do you want some love? And then I'm like, yeah. And I like touch her paw and she's like, no boundaries. And then she just like runs away. And it's just such a nice distraction from like the sadness of the world of just watching this just self-indulgent egomaniac just like tease me. And then all of a sudden just like want to be just want to snuggle like all day um and it's uh I, I pets are pets are the be- pets are the best it's so much props to you though for having a dog because I love dogs but like I, the reason I have a cat is she's so cats are like great investments in that like the amount of love you get from a cat versus how much work they take you know mm-hmm. like it is like money wise or not money but just time wise it's great investment but um, dogs are, like, just exuding of love, but also, like, equally matched with effort, you know? Oh, thankfully, so my dog I got for my 13th birthday. So, she is, so she is 12. And Aww. she is, like, literally, like, the best dog that, I mean, I'm biased. But, like, she's, yeah. she's like, so low maintenance, so chill. Like, she'll go on, like, long, leisurely walks with me. And like, like just like describing her, she's like fifty pounds roughly. 
Mm-hmm. But she can only go to the little dog park <laughs> at our local dog park because, like, the big dogs just, like, overwhelm her too much. Mm-hmm. And she just likes, like, just, like, softly, like, sniffing noses with <laughs> the Aww. little dog. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, her having to go outside to pee is, like, a lot for sure. But I'm so glad that she <laughs> she matches my energy so yeah. well. Yeah. I'm impressed that you were able to get her to move to the big city. Um, I feel like that was probably a really stressful adjustment. She actually surprised me so much. Like the first day she was like definitely protesting. And then Mm -hmm. like the second day she was like, well, I, you know, I've got to go somewhere. I'm going to go on the sidewalk. (laughs) Literally yesterday she pooped in the middle of a crosswalk at a four-way stop. Oh no. And so I literally had to like pick it all up in the middle of the street. It was so ridiculous. Like she is ridiculous, but she's fine. I, see, that's the thing is I love about animals. It's just they're so just not like so real, but like they just how um how have you liked New York? Um, I've I really liked it. I've definitely mm-hmm. gotten homesick a good amount mm-hmm. of times, but I'm going to be back in mid-June probably because um, okay. my sisters have me an engagement shower. Um, but I really, really loved it. I live in Bushwick, which mm-hmm. is like far enough out that it's a bit more quiet, but there's like so much culture here and it's just like really amazing to like feel like a part of it and like going outside and hearing music and mm-hmm. kids playing in like um, fire hydrants. And Yeah. And I, I, I feel like it's also cool for like, you know, two people have come from like smaller town in like Atlanta for me is like like so easy but like I lived in Chicago and then I lived in London for a while and um it's also just really cool where you're like I can't believe this is my life like me and me you know and I think like it's like extra special and it's like extra powerful where you realize like you did it you know Mm -hmm. kind of like because I think for people sometimes from smaller backgrounds even if they always wanted to move to the big city technically you didn't know if you could do it until you did it you know you know so I think that is for me I think like my whole personality changed within like a week of the first time I went to London in college and I was like by myself and I cannot tell you it was the most transformative week of my life and I didn't even do anything that hard but I really did not think I was capable of Mm -hmm. doing it Mm -hmm. and just realizing that you are is just it's you you realize you have like a a power and stuff yeah Um, different type of confidence yeah and I mean like and with your job and like with modeling and putting yourself out there and then having to be active on social media and then TikTok and people are looking at your followings um and I, I work with a social media brand for like a mother of the brides so it's like it's you know, it's, it's nothing. I would send you free stuff, but there's nothing you would want. Um, but it, I am now looking for like, you know, quote unquote influencers. And like, yeah, a big part of it is like, we're looking at their following. Like that is something to note. And, um, and it's just having a job where you're constantly just being evaluated by like, do I like looking at your face? You know, like, right? you know, and so you do need that confidence to like keep putting yourself out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Grace, is there anything else you want to say? Um, 
I don't think so, but I'm so appreciative that you had me on. And that Thank you. Thank you for agreeing and for jumping on the train of yeah. like, is, I don't know if this is what you expected. Um, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I loved your questions and I had a really good time. Okay. Oh, well, I'm so glad. And um, I would love to meet you in person one day. Um, yes, I would yes. really love that. Yes. All right. Well, Grace, I hope you have a lovely day Thank and you. Um, I will talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, As usual, I'm the luckiest girl in the world to get to have these conversations. Uh, The fact that people let me talk and listen and hang out. uh, Very cool people. Um, I love you guys. This may knock on all the wood, but you know what? I'm trying something new. This might be the last episode for a little bit. Not forever, because as you all can tell, I love doing these, but... uh, but, you know, we might stick around. I might be uploading a little teaser for something. Something big has been, is in the works, and I'm, I'm really excited for y'all to find out about it. All right, I love you guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.